Ladies and gentlemen, to those among you who are easily frightened, we suggest you turn away now. To those of you who think they can take it, we say, welcome to the madhouse. Welcome to the Madhouse. We invite you to join our Losers Club. I am Jimmy and that is Joey. Hello. Don't stare into the deadlights. No, don't. (laughs) This week we are doing It's Your Choice. What was it? It was It, the 2017 Not Remake. Not Re... No, Not Remake. Re-adaptation. I the, think it's a reimagination yes, of the of, novel. Yes, of the Stephen King classic. It. It. <laughs> so it was shipped to cinemas under, uh, what did it say on a Pound Foolish. That's the one. Was the title that it was shipped to cinemas as, which is quite clever. Yeah. Obviously, Pennywise. It's, Pennywise. Yeah. Pound Foolish. Oh, they fooled everyone. It took me a while to get that. Really? Yeah, I didn't get it straight away. I don't know why they give it a code name. No, I don't. I'm worried about people stealing it on the way to the cinema. I don't know. Yeah, maybe. Better give this a fake name because people will steal it. Maybe it was just fun. Yeah, probably actually just... Or I probably tradition. Yes, probably. The uh, This is the highest grossing Stephen King adaptation to date. He had a few... There was a few flops before this. A few missteps along the way, yes, there were. Yeah. But massively successful all over the world. And I can see why, because it was good. Yeah. They were going to. They asked Tim Curry to reprise his role for this film. And what did he say? He said, uh, no. Fair enough. Uh, to the point? Yeah. I'm too old for it now. He's he's in a he's in a wheelchair as well now I think. Bless Is him. he? Yeah, I think so. He had a stroke. Bless him. Shit. I think so. That would have made it difficult. Well, yeah. But even if he wasn't in a wheelchair, he's done it. He's been there. Nailed it. They probably couldn't get the chair into the drains. Uh, yeah, probably. Oh, electric. Yeah. To be fair, the amount of CGI in this film, they would have just CGI'd the drains around him. Yeah, fair enough. If they had to. Anyway, Tim Curry is God, so let's not. Slag him off too much. <laughs> right, shall we move on to a plot slot? Yeah, let's do it. I think you should take it away. Oh, okay. So, we're in the fictional town of Derry, Maine. It's October 1988. Bill Denbra helps his little brother Georgie make a paper sailboat, calling it the SS Georgie. Georgie wants to go outside to sail it in the pouring rain, but Bill is too sick to join him. The brothers embrace before Georgie runs out to play. Georgie sails his boat down the street. He chases after it and accidentally runs into a roadblock. The boat sails. Sorry, it accidentally runs into the roadblock. The boat, right? No, he he runs. He's running Shit. and then he hits the uh, he hits he that roadblock. Then he falls over. Yeah, Comedy sorry. gold because I like oh, to see children yeah, a bit get of hurt. slapstick. Yeah. yeah. 
what? <laughs> <laughs> anyway, the boat carries on sailing because that goes under the roadblock and it sails to the end of the street until it falls into the sewer. Georgie runs to try and get it, worried that Bill will be mad because, God damn it, Bill took a long time making that boat. And yeah. as he looks in the sewer, a pair of yellow eyes emerge. They belong to an entity calling itself Pennywise, the dancing clown. Pennywise playfully speaks to Georgie before offering him his boat back. Georgie reaches for it, only for Pennywise to grab his arm and sink his massive teeth into it. The creature rips off Georgie's arm and leaves him crying for Bill before dragging him down into the sewers. Blood everywhere squirting about. Yeah. Flash forward eight months later. Joey and Jimmy realise they haven't set a timer, but they carry on anyway. Oh, shit. also, it's June 1989 in the films. (laughs) So we meet Mike Hanlon and his grandfather, Leroy. Uh, And he's shut up. And (laughs) he is making him kill a sheep with a bolt gun. Uh, Leroy lectures the boy before doing the deed himself. It's the last day of school. Bill and his friend Richie Tozer, Eddie Kasparak and Stanley Uris who are all from the Losers Club, are heading out to start their summer. Unfortunately, they run into the school's psychopathic bully, Henry Bowers, and his goons, Patrick Hoxsetter, Victor Cross, and Belch Huggins. (laughs) Way to mess up three names in a row. (laughs) Yeah, yeah. Bill tells Henry he sucks after the punk mocks his friends, and Henry approaches Bill threateningly until he sees his father... Officer Bowers, standing behind Bill. He walks away, but not before licking his palm and smearing it on Bill's face. Yeah, great burn. A girl named Beverly Marsh is smoking in the bathroom. A group of mean girls, led by Greta, taunt her and accuse Bev of being a slut. One girl fills a trash bag full of water and dumps it on Bev, but she covers her head with a book. Well, it's actually a bag. Sorry. On her way out of the building, Beverly meets a new kid, Ben Hascombe. He gets picked on for his weight because he's a little bit of a tubby fella. Uh, he doesn't have any friends either. Uh, he's new. Yes. Uh, Bev signs his yearbook and then Ben appears. Well, Ben definitely develops a crush on her. Yeah. And also, she is completely uh, dry and clean there. Oh, yeah. No sign of any watery bin bags. Well, she had the bag on her head, didn't she? Yeah, the bag was fine as well. Anyway, when Bill gets home... His father, Zach, scolds him for creating a model with tubes of the sewer system in Derry. Since he still believes that Georgie is only missing, Zach tells him to accept that Georgie is dead. I thought that was a very good model that he made. It was, and it was some really tough parenting to be like, your brother's dead. Yeah, just like, oh, just forget about it. Mike These goes- things happen. Yes, <laughs> never mind. Mike goes to the butcher shop to make a delivery... He's a meat meat delivery man. <laughs> yeah. Behind the door around the alley, he hears what sounds like screaming and pounding. The door opens and several burnt hands start sticking out. Mike then sees Pennywise hanging up for a meat hook. But he's nearly then he's nearly run over by the Bowers gang in a car. So Mike cheeses it. Get out of my town, <laughs> Bowers says. Mike Mike cheeses it. Stan is at a synagogue studying for his bar mitzvah, and he's not doing very well. There is a painting in the rabbi's office after he gets told off for not trying very hard. And the rabbi's his dad, by the way. Uh, But that uh, picture creeps him out. 
showing him a woman with a distorted face. The painting falls, and when Stan picks it up, the woman's gone. He turns around, and it manifests as the woman with a fanged smile. Stan cheeses it as well. <laughs> ben is at the library looking up Derry's history from a series of articles. He learns that children in Derry have been disappearing under mysterious circumstances for centuries. The book contains a depiction of Pennywise and a missing boy's head in a tree. Ben is then lured into the basement where he sees the headless boy before getting chased out by Pennywise. On his way home, Ben is attacked by the Bowers gang. Henry's goons hold him against a bridge railing. Patrick wants to burn Ben with a lighter and bug spray, but Henry has a better idea. He plans to carve his name into Ben's stomach. Classic prank. An old couple drive by and see this, but do nothing. Classic old people. <laughs> uh, Henry only cuts an H before Ben kicks him in the nuts. Classic Ben. And rolls over the bridge and into the woods. The punks chase after Ben. Meanwhile, the losers are near the sewers as Bill has convinced his friends to help him find Georgie. Ben falls into the water near them and the boys grab him and bring him to safety. Patrick runs into the sewers to try and get Ben splitting from his friends. He encounters demonic-looking children that make him run, but he comes across a dead end. A bunch of red balloons appear before him and they all pop to reveal Pennywise, who promptly devours Patrick. Couldn't get his bug spray and lighter out quick enough. Nope. The boys go to the pharmacy to get cotton balls and bandages, but they are short on money. Beverly is there buying tampons discreetly when she runs into the boys after hearing their problem bear pretends to flirt with a pharmacist mr keen very weird situation there no, i thought his name was mr king after stephen king yeah 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 it's a bit weird because she's like 15 and he's a middle-aged man anyway he comes off as a creep to her but she manages to distract him long enough for the boys to steal their supplies and for her to sneak away some cigarettes. Bev goes outside and joins the boys when she sees the boys tending to Ben. Yeah, he's a right pervert, that old man. He looks like one as well. He yep. looks like a nonce. He's got that classic noncey hair and glasses. Yes. Beverly goes home to her father, who is an even bigger creep than uh, Mr. King. He comes on to his daughter, causing her to run into the bathroom crying. She then proceeds to cut off her hair until it is at a shorter length. All sort of resembling Molly Ringwald. Yes. An obvious attempt to look less attractive to a dad, I think. Oh, good shout. Because he's clearly a bit of a perv. A bit of a In fact, it's dr- a bit more than that. It's a dickhead completely. But Dickhead, pisshead, pervert. Yeah. The boys, now joined by Ben, are at the quarry ready to jump into the lake, but no one is eager to go first. Bev shows up and jumps first, leading the others to join in. They have fun while swimming and hanging out. Later, Ben tells everyone what he read. Sorry, what he read about in Derry's history. Classic lineup of Y fronts as well, isn't it? Oh yeah, they all shop at the same place. Yeah. Well, their mums do. That's not. Uh, that's also that's what was his name? Richie Tozer. What was his mm-hmm. character play? Finn. Finn something, isn't it? You mean the actor's name? Yes. Finn from Stranger Things. Yes. So he does that on Stranger Things as well, doesn't he? Stands uh, on top of a quarry. Yes. He's and gonna make jump him in jump up. in. Yeah. Yeah. And then uh Eleven comes and hovers him up and there's awesome music and it's brilliant. Lovely. Bev is in her room with a postcard with a poem written on it by a secret admirer. Terrible poem. Oh, I thought it was alright. January Embers. 
my heart burns there too. Your hair is like winter fire, January embers, my heart burns there too. It's lame. Anyway, where am I? I don't know. I was just actually counting to see whether that was a high kill. Oh, okay. It's not. Right. <laughs> so, she thinks it's Bill, but it was actually Ben that wrote it. From her bathroom, Bev hears the voices of children coming out of the sink. She looks into the sink where the voices are and clumps of hair start reaching out to grab her before a fountain of blood gushes all over the bathroom. That's also an annoying thing that women clog up the bathroom sink and any sinkhole with their hair. What, is this retribution, do you think? No, it's her own fault. all your hair earlier and it's clogged the sink. Yeah, it's her own fault. Blood gushes all over the bathroom. Mr. Marsh comes in to see Bev horrified, but he can't see the blood. He simply comments that her hair makes her look like a boy, which obviously makes his cock go soft. That was the intention. <laughs> Bill is... Oh, by the way, I like that scene. It's amazing, with the blood coming out of the sink. It's very good. Shall we talk about it later? Yes. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Bill is walking around the house when he sees what looks like Georgie running around. Shocked, he follows Georgie to the basement, which is flooding. Georgie steps out and invites Bill to join him, saying, We all float down here. You'll float too, he repeats, till he yells and decomposes. Pennywise then emerges from the water and tries to get Bill, but he runs out of the basement, and Pennywise moves amazingly in this film. Fucking terrifying. Really, really That's jagged. Yeah, it's like, ugh. The next day, the kids are riding their bikes when they see Mike's bike and the Bowers gang's car. They go down by the creek to find the punks harassing Mike for being black. Bev throws a rock at Henry's head, which initiates a rock-throwing war between both groups. Mike runs over to the loser's side while Vic and Belch... I was going to try and do a belch. Uh, run away as <laughs> Henry is knocked unconscious, which is weird because I can't belch on... Uh, on Q. Q. Apparently. So, as the kids walk away with Mike, Bill mentions what he saw in the house. Eddie backs him up on having seen Pennywise. Mike mentions what he saw and talks about how his old house was burnt down by racist goons and his parents died trying to break the door down to his room with their skin having melted to the bone. Richie is the only one that hasn't been haunted, but he admits to being terrified of clowns. Richie's taking the piss a bit there, isn't he, as well? Yeah. Yeah, the kids go to Bill's garage where they look over a map of Derry through a projector. They see that the sewers are linked to the Neobolt house where it lives. The projector then starts working itself, showing pictures of Bill and Georgie with their parents, but with Pennywise's face appearing over their mother. I nearly had a burp. Uh, they, they knock the projector over, but it keeps playing until Pennywise fully emerges from the screen, tries to get the kids. They manage to get out the garage before he can harm them he goes big as well doesn't he, he goes yeah. proper ant-man yeah he's uh huge. doesn't that man get smaller uh he gets really big ant-man as well does he yeah he gets like big giant ant-man all right okay the losers go to the nibolt i say i was saying nibolt nibolt house to face it head on bill richie and eddie enter the house while the others stay outside as lookouts richie sees a missing poster of himself and he freaks the hell out but bill reminds him it's not real Eddie gets separated from his friends when Pennywise finds him. He falls through the floor and lands in the kitchen, breaking his arm. Bill and Richie try to reach him through the through three doors. The first door they open reveals a headless girl. The second door traps Richie inside with a room full of clown dolls. 
he sees a coffin with a dummy of himself in it. He shuts it. Pennywise jumps out. He tries to attack Richie, but he runs out of the room. Pennywise returns his attention to Eddie, but Bill and Richie get to him before the clown eats him. Beverly then bloody shows up to drive a spear through him. Through Pennywise's head. <laughs> forcing him to retreat. Yeah, it forces most people to die. <laughs> yes. He just seems a bit pissed off with it. Eddie's mum forbids the losers from hanging out with him after she sees his broken arm. Bill and Richie then get into a fight when Richie says this whole pursuit of Georgie has nearly gotten them killed. The losers part ways as the other boys are too terrified to keep going. Yeah, it's quite sad. Yeah. It's probably like Eddie's mum, she's got a bit of issue, hasn't she? Uh, I think she's got Munchausen by proxy. Uh, okay. Uh, she doesn't... Like, she keeps giving him placebos. I thought Pills she was just very lazy and controlling. No. It's anyway. now August, and the kids have continued going about their lives. Eddie goes to the pharmacy to pick up his asthma medication, only for Greta, if she works behind the counter, to tell him that they're, that they're placebos. She then writes loser on his arm cast. Yeah, bitch. Yeah, she's a twat. She was like, I'll write on it for you. And you seemed really excited. And then she wrote, loser. I bet she's f***ing Mr. King as well. Probably. And then later on, he's crossed out the S and put a V to it. It says lover. And it's it's really sad, but sweet. Apparently, that's quite a popular tattoo as well now. All right, okay. I see that. <laughs> sure. Should we go get matching ones? It. Yeah, let's go do it. <laughs> loser lover one and loser lover two. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Henry is with Vic and Belch shooting things with his dad's gun. He orders Belch to bring him a cat to shoot, because it's a prick. But Officer Bowers shows up to take the gun from Henry. He then shoots the ground around Henry's feet to humiliate him in front of his friends and expose him as a coward. Later, Henry sees a red balloon in his mailbox. Inside is a knife sent by it. He goes inside as his father is asleep with a TV on. On the screen appears a woman with children, all urging Henry to kill his father. He does so by sticking the knife by his neck, then pressing the button for the flip thingy to shove the yeah, knife out. Like sticks knife. in his neck, lets him bleed out. The kids on TV, all of its victims, then start chanting, Kill them all! Kill them all! So, there's that TV show is also playing when... Um, Beverly Marsh's dad is watching it. He's watching the same show. All right, okay. I think we'll get to that anyway. Yeah. Oh, it's this bit. At the Marsh's house, Beverly's dad attempts to act upon his lust towards his daughter. She fights him off and runs into the bar. I think the word is rape, by the way, I think. (laughs) Yeah. Tries to rape his daughter. All right, let me do that again. (laughs) At the Marsh's house, Beverly's dad attempts to rape his daughter. She fights him off and runs into the bathroom. When Mr. Marsh gets there, Bev whacks him across the face with a toilet lid, killing him. Yeah. Just as she's about to leave, Pennywise finds her and takes her. No. Not in the rapey way that her dad was going to do. Literally takes her away. Yes. Kidnap. Yeah. These are all the real words for these things. (laughs) (laughs) Bill goes by Bev's house and finds her father dead in the bathroom and sees, You'll die if you try, written on the wall in blood. He realises Bev, Bev, Bev has been taken by it, so he goes to make amends with his friends and rescue her. When they get Eddie, his mum forbids him from leaving and joining his friends, but he defies her when he confronts her over the placebos. He ditches her and joins his friends. The boys go to the Neobolt house and find a well where it 
dwells. It's all, yes, the well house, isn't it? They climb down a rope, but before Mike can head down, Henry shows up and attacks him. He starts pulling the rope up to prevent the boys from climbing back up. Henry tries to kill Mike with the bolt gun that he brought from the sheep farm, but Mike fights him off and manages to push him down the well, sending, to, sending him to his apparent death. Now, we don't know if he's dead or not. No, we don't. It's a long fall. But Darth Maul had a long fall, and apparently they brought him back in something, so you never know. <sighs> Going further into the well, Stan is attacked by it as the woman from the painting. She munches on his head. Not that one. But the boys scare it away and comfort a mortified Stan. She has got his got her face all around his head. Though. You fit her his whole head. Yeah. In there. Yeah. All the boys head further into the well where they find its lair. All the children he's taken are floating up in the dead lights under some kind of trance. The boys find Bev floating. They pull her down and Ben kisses her to break her out of the trance. Bill then sees Georgie emerge from the shadows. Georgie tells Bill he missed him and he was waiting for him to come for him. Bill hugs his brother, but he knows it's not really Georgie, and he shoots him in the head. That was a gamble. Yeah, well, yeah. <laughs> his body rides on the ground until he turns into Pennywise. The clown tries to kill the kids, but they fight him off until he has his hold on Bill. Pennywise gives the others the option to die together or leave him with just Bill. Bill tells him to run because he's a dude. Yeah. But Richie is yeah. the first to go fight back. Because he's a dude. Yeah, the kids then start beating the crap out of Pennywise because they're all dudes until he is powerless, unable to hurt them because they no longer fear him. Before Bill can strike the fatal blow to the clown's cracking skull, Pennywise retreats into the darkness and thus escapes. The kidnapped children then float downward. Bill then finds Georgie's raincoat. He realises that Georgie truly is gone. No shit, he's been missing for a year and he's got an arm off. And he shot him in the head. The the one with the yeah. Kind of, yeah. But, but 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 Bill breaks down in tears as his friends Low gather <laughs> around and hug him. <laughs> it's now September. The losers swear a blood oath. Never a good idea to return to Derry. And also, you know, when you swear a blood oath and cut the palm of your hand, yeah, it's the worst place to cut. Cut somewhere that you're not going to have to have use it, and yeah. it's not going to heal because you're yeah. using it all the it's time. Constantly moving. Anyway, they they swear an oath to return to Derry in 27 years. Should it ever return. They hang out for a while until each of them gradually leaves. With only Bill and Bev staying behind. Covered in blood. Yeah. She is going to move to Portland. As she walks away, Bill runs up to her and kisses her. Blood on his face. End of chapter one. End of the plot slot. I think that was alright. It was way over ten minutes. But we didn't have the beeper to tell us that we were. So it doesn't really matter. Nope. Moving on. You ready? Yes. Frights and Delights. Yeah, yeah. Frights and Delights. Here we go. It's Frights, Delights and Deadlights. This film is f***ing great. Story's great. Right. Go on. Kick it off. All right, well, I'm going to start off with a delight that started off before the film was even made. Bill Skarsgård, who plays Pennywise, practiced his crazy clown laugh on the drive to his audition for the role of Pennywise. He was getting weird looks from pedestrians and decided to just go for it to get into character on the way to his audition. Yeah, fair f***. 
I like that. Yeah, that is good. Uh, I've got a little one. When Ben is in the library and he looks out the window and he sees the four losers riding by on their bikes and you hear Bill scream, Hi-oh, Silver! Away! Which is a nod to the original novel and also the 1990 miniseries. And I haven't fact-checked this, but that is... I think that is the original bike from the 1990 series. Really? Yeah, Silver. Also, there's a little bit where they're stood. I think they're stood near the butchers. They're they're sort of off the road, and there's a missing persons poster on the wall yep. for a Eddie something. can't remember what it's. Eddie Hop- Izzard. It's not Izzard. It's Van Ed- Halen. Not Van Halen. Is it? It might be. Is it Eddie? I think it's for Eddie something. Anyway, and I think the that picture is the original child actor who played Eddie Kasparak in the 1990 miniseries. Oh, that's pretty cool. I think I have not fact checked that one. But this other one, where Richie is is in uh, they're in the well house, and he's in the room full of clowns. There's the one in the corner that looks like. Uh, Tim Curry's version of it. Yeah, like uh, down to the left somewhere yeah. on the screen if you have a look. Down to the left, yeah. Which I, I thought that was lovely. Yes. Lovely little touch. That's something I had to check. I liked going back and having a look at something I've missed. Yeah, this and the costume that uh, this Pennywise is more on point with the novel. All the sort of... Because he's lived through like centuries apparently and it's a mix of all like Victorian sort of clown costumes that was in the novel and the only thing that tim curry's costume had was the orange pom-poms on his thing yeah uh okay another delight the butcher shop that features in the film has a painting on the side of it the picture depicts a shootout that happened in 1929 and resulted in the death of the bradley gang this happened in the original book so this is a nod to that yes mentioned quite a lot in the book Yes, it's also mentioned by Mike in this film while he is talking about all the past violence of the town. It's a nice little Easter egg whacked in there as a nod to the book. Speaking of Easter eggs, there is a picture of... It's the the Great Easter Egg Hunt. It's actually a picture of soldiers from Gettysburg and they photoshopped in the Easter eggs onto that picture. So it was an actual photo... From yeah, from Gettysburg, and they photoshopped the Easter eggs in for the great Shit. Easter egg hunt of Derry, Maine, and then it was that big disaster. That's dark. Yes, this is a fright. It could have been a del- no. This is a delight. It hey. could have been a fright. Oh, the Duffer hey. Brothers. Do you know who the Duffer Brothers are? The Duffer Brothers. I don't. Stranger Things. Oh, creators. okay. Yes, okay. They wanted this job. They wanted to direct. They had already worked with Skarsgård in 2015 on a film called Hidden and went on to work with Finn Wolfhard in Stranger Things. They were not considered experienced enough at the time for this film. I think they would have done a fantastic job, but I'm glad they didn't do it because I doubt they would have had time to do Stranger Things as well because it was about the same time this film was being made. So that's a delight in the end because we got both. Yeah. Uh, I also forgot to say when you mentioned the butcher shop uh, memorial, if you look closely behind Stan's shoulder, you can just see Pennywise in the background. 
All right, okay, I didn't know that. Uh, and didn't he see that. He uh, he appears also when Ben is in the library and there's an old there's an old woman behind him and she sort of slumps over a little bit and that's I think that's supposed to represent Pennywise as well. It's to show that Pennywise has been following the Loser Club for quite a while and he has this sort of grip on the town. Yeah, now he's been following and the, the like the adults don't see it and there's a television show that's on and that keeps getting mentioned that the clown and take your children to the sewers so it's like pennywise has had a grip on this town every 27 years yeah well he was apparently there long before there was a settlement there has yeah. been there for thousands of years the number 27 plays a strange and big part in this film the film was released 27 years after the original it is meant to return Sorry, it, as in it, is meant to return to Derry every 27 years. Jonathan Nebrandis, who played Bill in the original, died at 27 years old. And Bill Skarsgård, who played Pennywise in this uh, adaptation, was 27 when the film launched. The numbers that make up the date of release all add up to 27, as they also did for It Chapter 2, which came out a few weeks ago. Wow. Speaking of numbers... As the loser club approaches Pennywise's front porch to fight him at the well house, uh, there's uh, an iron gate and it holds the number 29, which mirrored resembles the letters ES, which is German S for the word uh, for it. It's German for it. I don't know. You want to read into that or not? Yeah. It's uh, good, isn't it? Do you think it was purposeful? Yeah, I that think so. That seems like a what number? 29. 29, yeah. Reversed. Yeah. Looks like... It's ES. ES. Which is S. And that is German for it. I'm going to have to Google that. How does the (laughs) number 29 backwards look like S? No. Is it the way it's written? Uh, Yes. (laughs) It's a particular font. I'm going to Google that. That's interesting. Yeah, it does. If you mirror 29, you mirror it. You, t- you turn nine around. Oh, yeah. It yeah. looks like an E. Oh, yeah, of course it does. And two looks like an S. I'm just thinking S. of 92 because I'm a tit. <laughs> and tit backwards is tit. tit Holy shit. shit. That must mean I'm re- really a tit. Also, trotters independent traders. <laughs> Rodney Plonker. <laughs> right. Bill Skarsgård was kept away. It's Skarsgård. Uh, you know what? I don't care. I'm going to stop asking about pronunciation. I'm just going to go with it. It was kept away from children until he was doing a scene with them. This was to get genuine reactions from the children. And with uh, regards to pronunciations and names, I think we should just say whatever the hell we want and stop second-guessing ourselves. Yes. Uh, oh, I'm going for another one. John Oliver who at the peak of his career co-hosted the Bugle podcast of Andy Zaltzman, and now apparently hosts some TV show in the USA, was such a fan of the novel that he landed a part as an extra in the town's diner, and I can't remember a diner scene, so I think he may have been cut. (laughs) And you and John Oliver have something in common. Okay. John Oliver was in a film as a voice actor called The Smurfs. (laughs) <laughs> you have mistakenly had a band called the Smurfs. Shut it. In an interview. Terrible. When they were really called Suppress. Uh, <laughs> this is shocking. <laughs> do you want to move on? Yes, I do. 
So there were some things that I don't know whether this is a fright or a delight, but there were things made up that weren't in the novel. Uh, so it's the presence of a cat when Georgie encounters Pennywise, and the cat basically is the only thing that witnesses this murder. The old woman, she doesn't see it. Okay, Bill searching for Georgie for almost a year. It's also not in the novel. Stan's encounter with Judith the flute lady. Fight between Bill and Richie. Brief separation period of the loser club is not also in it. And Pennywise doesn't abduct Beverly. I'm just making it up as they go along. Basically. Oh, there was a deleted scene, though, that was filmed. Pennywise is terrorising a pilgrim and ended up devouring a baby in the 17th century. And they didn't put it in. They thought Shit. It, they thought it was uh, too much. I can so, see that. <laughs> so that's that's a fright. I want to see that deleted scene. Oh, well, then I have a delight for you, boy. Oh. It, chapter two, is already out, as we know. That's not a big... I said that like a big announcement. It's not. Yeah. Director Andy Muschietti. That, that deserves to be read like that. He said that he wants to make a supercut version. He wants to combine both films together as well as adding the cutscenes and extra footage. That'll be a long film. Yeah. It'll be an amazing film, and you may get your baby violence. That'll be f***ing amazing. Bastard. So it, I, hopefully he'll do it in the way that the 1990 version came out, where, and a lot of people won't remember this about DVDs, is that you could have you could have a double-sided DVD. What? Uh, my put... original copy of Friends on DVD was a double-sided. Yeah, so I've got the I've got the double-sided it on DVD. You watch you watch part one, Losers Club, and then you flip it over and watch part two, Winners Club. <laughs> <laughs> I've got it on DVD, the nineteen ninety TV thingy. Yeah, mini two part. Yeah, but it's all on one disc. Oh, it's good. It's good. Modern three hours. technology. Yeah. I've got more. If do you have more? Go for it. Do you have more? Uh I've got a little something to say, yeah. Uh okay. Another Stephen King film adaptation is coming. Have you read the Tommy Knockers? <laughs> Tommy Knockers, that's, they've already done that. Well, it's in the planning stage. Oh, for a new one. For a new, a new one. version of Tommy Knockers. Um and as far as I can see, it's being made. Who knows how far it'll get, but considering the monumental success of it, I suspect it will definitely be made. Well, the next big one we got is Doctor Sleep, which is coming out thirty-first. Was how long has that been in production for? Fucking ages. Uh, okay, and I can't wait for it. It's, it's yeah, gonna it's gonna be, be great. good. It's gonna be so good. Who's playing him? You, you, and McGregor. Okay, Danny Torrance. I had in my head. Uh, Beneflip Cumbly Lodge. Oh, right. Yeah, 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 yeah. He would have done all right. Benadryl Sandy Batch. I think it's Benny Naka Cucumber. Yes, of course. <laughs> Whatever it is. <laughs> yeah. In our last episode on The Exorcist, we discussed other actors and actresses that almost took roles in the film, yeah? Oh, okay. It has a similar, although less detailed story. So there's a few, and we're going to do this again, okay? Little quiz may become a recurring theme for you. Oh, okay. Do you want to have a guess again at who was rumoured or which people were rumoured 
to take the part of Pennywise before Skarsgård landed the role. Okay, well, I mentioned Tim Curry. He couldn't do it because yeah, he's, yeah. he's on four wheels. Uh, f- I don't know. Let me let me just put it. Let me just have a little pop and say, Johnny Depp. Yes, that f- off. Yeah, was it really? Yeah, of course. There, there's another person. There's two more people on the list that I could see being thought of, but also could see not being used. Are you telling me you could see Johnny Depp doing it? No, not him. Oh, good. Cause no, I, no, what I mean is I can see someone going, oh, we need a weird character to play. Oh, Johnny Depp? Oh, Johnny Depp no. Scissor fingers. Get out, you prick. Okay, another one you're not going to get was Tom Edelston. Tom Edelston. Hiddleston. Hiddleston. And Channing Tatum. Fuck off. Yeah, that would have been bad. There's two more. Two more? And I think you could guess these. Brad Pitt. No. Oh, yeah, fuck. No, because Tom Hanks. type of actors. <laughs> <laughs> Tom, Tom Hanks is good in everything, but I don't he is, think he would have been good. He killed his career, right? Uh, yeah, because he picks his parts. That's why he's good in everything. Oh, I f- know who it is as well. Who? Samuel L. Jackson. <laughs> <laughs> he's in every film, any motherfucker. <laughs> I'm back, motherfucker. <laughs> no, Jim Carrey. Jim Carrey. If you're thinking of... I'm not saying he would have done a good job. I'm just thinking, if you're thinking of someone who can distort his face... Uh, and Robert Willem Dafoe is another one I thought might actually have been quite good. Too short. Definitely not Jim Carrey. Willem Dafoe is too short to play <laughs> It. Yes. Pennywise. Yes. Definitely not Jim Carrey, because he's a rubber-faced buffoon. Skarsgård was about 6'4". So it is about 6'4". He's still alive. There you go. Yeah, Doing right from yeah, you've got to, yeah, you've got to have height. Dafoe couldn't do it. Uh, yeah, but he doesn't need much makeup. There's so much CGI in this film, they could have plopped him up a few inches. Anyway, no, we've got to move on because we're knocking on time here. Oh, I've got one more for you, and then and then have you got your thing to say? Yes. Okay, this is a fright because clowns were unreasonably annoyed at this film. They thought that the film's representation of a clown would lead to people to view clowns as things to be scared of, which is utterly ridiculous because clowns as far back as anyone can remember, have always had two reputations. The first one is, is entertainment for children, and the other, more prominent reputation of clowns, is a sneaky, murderous bastard. <laughs> and if we really think about it, did scary films make clowns scary and weird, or are they inherently freaky anyway, and filmmakers just utilise their already overtly strange ways to depict murderers because it just fits so well? Yeah, clowns are just weird yeah it's the second one clowns being the bad guys in films was always inevitable yeah if it walks like a duck looks like a duck and says quack it's probably going to crawl out from under your bed and kill you with a balloon in the shape of bad life choices yeah (laughs) also oh you've got more no okay also there's my mic drop (laughs) excellent there's a little bit where they're at the fourth of july celebration and there's a clown performing Oh, yeah. And he's just dressed a bit like uh, John Wayne Gacy. Yeah. Who uh, was a bit murdery back in the day. Yeah, had a lot of, <laughs> had a lot of boys buried in his like garage bit and it uh, was in his crawl space. In the 20s. No, it wasn't in the 20s. Sorry, I'm sneezing. <coughs> I'm still fucking sneezing. Um, <laughs> it was in the 20s, a number of people he killed. Oh, yes, okay. I think. Yeah, I used to work at uh, used to work at a chicken shop. I think it was Kentucky Fried Chicken. I'm good. Yeah, I used to run it. He was a manager. He didn't cook the food, I don't think. So there's a bit in this film that Bill 
has a Lego turtle. Do you notice that little bit? Mm-hmm. So in the novel, there's a thing, and it's called the Ritual of Chud. And Bill first finds this in a book called Truth, Knight's uh, Truth in Derry Public Library. And he also found it was a, a glamour known to many cultures under many different names. The ritual itself is from Himalayan belief, who recognise it as sort of talus. In the Himalayan tradition, the holy man and the talus overlapped tongues bit into each other and told riddles until one laughed despite the pain. If the talus laughs first, it gets sent away for hundreds of years, while if the man laughs first, the talus gets to eat the man's soul. So, what the f*** are you talking about? Oh, don't worry, I'm bringing it back. I'm bringing it back. Because this is what Bill, this is how Bill, this is how they eventually uh, destroy or kill it. So as children, Bill is the only one to engage with it, being thrust towards the macroverse, which is where it comes from. Okay, yeah. uh, Heading to the deadlights, but his physical body remains in this, uh, in the realm, the other realm. Uh, And he speeds by the turtle. Now the turtle is... He's also in Stephen King's The Dark Towers. Yeah. He's a guardian and he holds this beam. Uh, and he has the earth on his back. It's a giant turtle. Yeah, it's turtles all the way down. And um, it is kind of this turtle's brother. Uh, and he offers him advice. You must help yourself, son. You've got to thrust your fist against the post and still insist you see the ghosts. Which is what Bill keeps saying to get over his lisp. So Bill engages with it. Stutter. Te- yeah, stutter, sorry, not lisp. What a dickhead. Bill engages with it telepathically, biting his teeth into its tongues, into its teeth, saying he thrusts his fist against the post and still insists he sees the ghosts. He repeats it in his father's voice, which is weird. Sorry, I'm rambling. We can cut my rambling out. That's right. Overall, the fight is one of the loser's optimism, imagination, unity and belief over its malice and anger. The losers come out victorious but ignore the turtle's advice to make sure they finish the deal, and it escapes, which the loser suspects, but not uh, not for sure. So basically, there's a turtle in it. <laughs> okay. In a book. And that's what the Lego turtle... That is what the Lego turtle... And there's another bit I was going to say, but I'm not going to do it until we do chapter two. Oh, spoilers. I mean, I uh, rambled through that, but hey-ho. Ritual of Chud, just look it up, or I might post it on our Facebook Post it on Facebook. I like those posts. Oh my god, Red Dwarf's coming back. Did you see that? Red Dwarf's been back for a while. No, they're doing a feature length. Ah, the last one was... Shite. Yes. <laughs> the series have been okay since they came back. That uh, What was it? The the uh, Like a Blade runner yes. thing? Yeah, that's... That was bad. Anyway, tangent. Uh, we're running out of time and we talked about Red Dwarf, so let's have a mosey on over. Master... Welcome to the Master of the Macabre. I hope you had a good mosey on over. I did, and I have got one choice, and everybody else is a runner-up. As an honourable mention, sorry. Okay, yeah, that's fair. That's a fair point, yeah. Do you want to talk about any honourable mentions before we get on to the actual Master? Uh, I think the whole Losers Club were very good. I think they were cast brilliantly. Yeah. Uh, ben was fat. Uh, Richie was funny and attention-seeking. 
Yeah. Who was the guy who was Italian-American? Who was the guy who was Italian-American? Played by Grazer. Is it Eddie? The kid who was on the placebo drugs. Oh, yes. Eddie Kasparak. Yeah. Yeah. He was brilliant. Yeah, he was good. And for some reason, I just assume he's Italian-American. I think he'd be good in a gangster film. Old or young? When he's older. Right, yeah. Okay, yeah. Yeah, it won't be much of a... I mean... I I know you can de-age, but I don't think you can... Yeah. Age. (laughs) (laughs) I think Mike was pretty good. What do you think? Yeah, Mike was great. (laughs) Mike was good, yeah. Uh, Everyone was good. But I'm going to get on to who my master is. Okay. Is it Henry Bowers? No. Right. Is it Belch? No. Right. There's one choice. Oh... It's Eddie's mum, isn't it? Yes. Yes. Dead's dad. The way she portrays Munchausen disease <laughs> is brilliant. It's weird that Munchausen disease comes up in his podcast because earlier today someone said to me, what's Munchausen disease? Is that something the Nazis came up with on the experiments? And I said, I don't know Munchausen disease exactly, but I'm pretty sure... It's nothing to do with the Nazis. Don't know. Might be. I don't think it is. No. Anyway, Bill Skarsgård is my master of the macabre. Uh, committed. Brilliant. Got the smile. That has made his own. The man trained with a contortionist. Just so he could move erratically and be freaky. Oh, yeah, to get out of that f***ing fridge. There's a lot of CGI there. No, it was half and half. Half and half. Yes, it's it half was, and half. But it it's was, half and <laughs> half. His head is the only thing that was not CGI in the end, I think. Oh. But still, he had to get in the fridge. Okay, and yeah. come fair, out. Yeah, fair enough. Contortionist skills. He was amazing with the kids in the cast, everyone. Uh, sorry, every anecdote people use involving him on set says he was a real pro that genuinely cared about doing the best job, as well as, ma- as making sure all the kids felt genuinely safe. He's a good guy as well as good at okay. his job. Yeah, fair enough. Uh, he purposefully made his Pennywise different to Tim Curry's. Yeah. Because it would seem like a bad choice to do it differently because Tim Curry seems like the way to do it when you've seen it. But he does make it his own. He does it perfectly. His voice is scary. He nailed it. Yeah, you can't just go up and do a Tim Curry. No, that would have been worse. Yeah, you can't Yeah, you can't play it like that. You've got to go different. And he's weird voice you go up against tim curry's version of it and you're not gonna do it no no i'm gonna work no no so bill skarsgård's mine yeah i'm gonna go with pennywise the dancing clown yeah purely for the fact that he can move his eyes weirdly can't he like separately like the way he does in the thing yeah that's him that's not cgi he can do that yeah i'm trying to do it that's weird I know, and I can only see half of your face, so you could just tell me you're doing it. Okay, yeah, that's right, yeah. No, but he does it going out. I can't, you can only do it going in. I can't do it going out. Oh, uh, you can do it both ways. Can you do the <laughs> smile? Nope. Nah, okay. <laughs> Bill Skarsgård, medals in the post. Lovely jubbly. And what's next, Jimmy? It's the Madhouse rating system. The Madhouse So, here we go. It's the Madhouse rating system. And first up is tension and suspense. Uh, Well, Pennywise is absolute nightmare fuel. 
and the combination of music and camera shots is the match that blows it all up. There is so much going on that we just couldn't talk about it all, especially because we're late on in time anyway. But I will say that when Pennywise appears, it is always a jump. And when he chases the kids down and Pennywise is basically attacking the camera with his disjointed face, jerking erratically and rapidly, it really gets me. When he pops out that projected image on the garage wall, man. Yeah. It goes black for a second beforehand. And you have an idea of what's coming. You think he's going to pop out the wall. But when he appears, he's huge. They kind of like ex- exceed your expectations. Like, yeah, we're going to make it so you think you know what's coming. Yeah. And then we're going to f*** you up. Yeah. He just starts crawling into that room. Huge, this dominant figure. It was so damn good. So he's similar, he's similar to Freddy Krueger, isn't he, Pennywise? He uses fear to terrorise and murder his victims. Uh, just a quick one. What would... How would Pennywise manifest himself for you? Oh, I should have had that question before we started. <laughs> uh... Yeah, I know. I just hit you with that. <laughs> um... Want to come back to it at the end? <laughs> yes, come back to it. Okay. We'll do it before we, before we uh, end. Have you got anything tension and suspense Not really, to... other than the the fact that I've mentioned it briefly before that that it has a hold on Derry for a very, very long time and that the fact that he's also always seems to be following the losers around and like the, the, the adults don't know about it because they can't see it because they're adults. Just but, the, yeah. The and fact. all the Yeah. And all the sh- all the shit that he does is all is very like Aah! the way he moves and shit. Yeah, yeah. I'm gonna have that noise you make as like a text message. <laughs> yeah, there. that's the one. Star. My um, yeah, give it a star. <laughs> I've got one more to go for oh, though. Sorry. Just Georgie getting shot by his brother. Yes. In terms of tension and suspense, shooting him when it wasn't really Georgie. It's the last specific thing I really want to mention because it has everything. It has that emotion of a reunion. It's kind of sad and cute. Then Bill shoots him. <laughs> well, that's it. Because uh, Georgie says when he loses uh, the boat at the start, SS Georgie, he says, oh, Bill's going to kill me. Yeah. And, and then it comes back. Oh, foreshadowing. We haven't used that for a, a few episodes. No, yeah, well, I like to bring it around every so, so often. That, yeah, that was a nice little touch. But obviously he realises it isn't Georgie. Shoots him. Uh, and I don't know about you, but at that point I was still like, even though I've seen... The other versions. You're really thinking was was there going to be a twist in the story? Yeah. Was this going to actually be Georgie? He just shot in the head. Hopefully that would have been a, just me. Yeah. Hopefully that that should have been an alternative ending. Yep. But you know I was invested because the performance of all these children was amazing. The script was well written. Camera and effects created this atmosphere. Kind of brought this tension to a climax where Georgie's body just jointedly morphs into Pennywise with disgusting movements. Limbs kind of pop out of limbs. <laughs> and obviously there's a big climactic fight. So yeah, like you said, give it a star. Star. Right. Next up is gore and visual effects. Well, it's a film that's just crammed with mostly CGI visual effects, which is usually not my favourite thing to see is in a it? Film. Is it not half and half? Some of the effects are half and half, but there is some heavy CGI usage. I mean, I might be wrong. I wouldn't call it heavy. I I don't mean heavy in a in a in a bad way. Oh, okay. 
I thought you meant overused. No, it's it's there's a lot of CGI. Right. It's just a I think it's just a fact. It's not a good thing or a bad thing. It's just oh. fact. I mean, saying that I am a massive fan of the practical approach, but I don't see how some of the effects they did could have been done outside of CGI, though. So, well, I'm going to shock you there. And okay. do you remember the scene? Uh, Eddie Kasparak's outside the well house, and he sees he's been he's after he's chased by the leper, and he sees Pennywise with the triangle of balloons. Yes. Well, I'll tell you, sir. Those upside down balloons. Those first six balloons. They were real. They <laughs> yeah. were real, sir. <laughs> The other ones are computer generated, half and half. Yeah. And what do you think is cheaper? Six more balloons <laughs> or CGIing six? It, I mean, it's only 2019. You can't do that. You can't do a bigger upside down balloon pyramid. You've only got to do the six. Oh, just because it doesn't than six. allow you to do the next it's few couple of rows. Maybe in 2029, we'll have that balloon yeah. upside down balloon, balloon pyramid. Balloon technology has got a long way to come. I know. These bloody Jimmy. clowns need to get on it. I think a CGI balloon was used at another point in a tunnel as well, and it didn't look real. Do you know what? The balloon usage in this film was not as good as in the miniseries when it bounced the balloon in the miniseries when it bounces down the street. Yep, that's terrifying. Yep, that sh- that wasn't mu- used in this, and it was just the- gliding in the library. Do you want to hear my theory about why they used CGI balloons? Okay. They wanted them to be deadly, freakily still. Yeah. And you could probably do that with the bottom six, so three rows. But then when you when you start widening it out, they're flapping all over the place. Okay. Uh, I feel like it could have been sorted with glue and balloons. Yeah, or like a... Uh, not a breeze around. It can be you done, mean, I like swear. like a sound stage where they film films? Yeah, it'll yeah. be done. Ten years' time, we'll see it. Oh, I just can't wait for that balloon technology, you know? Okay, the scene where Pennywise gets out of the fridge, we've already slightly hinted about. Uh, He gets out of it in the most awkward way possible. Uh, It was done with a mix of practical and CGI effects. Bill was laying down in the fridge and was lifted slash rotated by wires. In post-production, his body was replaced partially with CGI and partially with hand animation so that he moved in in unnatural ways with intricate movements. The VFX supervisor, Arnaud Brismois, said he knew this would become an iconic horror shot, and it's hard to disagree with him because it does look fantastic. Eastern European, is he? Uh, well, maybe he's in the fridge because he's wanting to harvest his organs while they're chilled. <laughs> also, I tell you, the bit where uh, when any time Pennywise opens his mouth and all his big teeth come out, and his head sort of melts back and his eyes go uh, down to the... Uh, it looks a bit like... Yeah. I like that. I like that. It looked really good. Like, uh, proper gourmet. Yep. All, all the Pennywise stuff was really good. Yeah, especially totally. when he's running towards the bloody camera. It makes me shit my pants. Yeah. Uh, oh, it's got to be... A, have you got any more? Uh, prosthetic teeth that he wore, not while he was teething out, like you just said, but they made him dribble like crazy. The director liked it because it added to the crazy... Judith the Flute Lady, played by uh, Tatum Lee, was only meant to have her eyes slightly visually altered, but in the end she uh, ended up being altered so much that she's barely recognisable. The effect was disjointed and well done. Do you feel the actress, feel for the actress, sorry, I don't feel her, 
Uh, <laughs> like a for the actress that had her whole performance pretty much altered in post-production. It was gross when she was sucking on Stan's head. Yeah, no one wants to see that. Stan, no. Put it away. No. The costume for Pennywise was designed by Janie Bryant and incorporated fashion from medieval Renaissance Elizabethan and Victorian times yes. to give a sense of the history and immortality of the character. Of that's it. Yes, that's what I was trying to say earlier. And I couldn't think of all the other eras. Yeah. Yeah. Fashion periods. Uh, oh, there's a bike outside. There's yeah, it is very f***ing loud, yeah. that bike as well. Someone's got a small penis. Do you want to tell him that? He's a proper biker. He's no, not, not really. He's not. He's he not, knows. He he's, knows. He didn't yeah. need me to... Yeah. Anyway, it took hours to put Bill Skarsgård's makeup on when they were started filming. Five hours, apparently, but they got it down just to two once they'd done it a few times. Yeah, fair play. You got anything else? No, but what are you saying? Yes to a star? No to a star? Yes. Yes, it's got to be. Of course it is. Two stars. Next up is... Performance. <laughs> that right? <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. I could see the doubt in your eyes and I liked it. I was toying. Well, all the children were amazing. Said John Wayne Gacy. <laughs> oh, <God>. Anywho. <laughs> <laughs> they were amazing at acting, not just for their age, but by anyone's standards. Jack Dylan Grazer, the probably Italian-American kid. Oh, you like him, don't you? Uh, worked with Skarsgård. I think he'll be a good mob actor when he's... I'm telling you. We're losing a generation of mob actors now. I mean, Pacino, De Niro and Pesci have just done what's probably their last mob film. It's time. Get Grazer on it. Anyway, he worked with Skarsgård first out of all the children uh, and hadn't seen Bill's representation of Pennywise up until that point. Grazer performed so well screaming and crying as Pennywise was all up in his face. His performance was so convincing that Skarsgård was concerned for Grazer and asked if he was okay. Grazer just smiled and said, Love what you're doing with the character. <laughs> Probably. <laughs> and Jason... <laughs> Jackson <laughs> Robert Scott, who played Georgie, was the youngest to work with Skarsgård and said he had a lot of fun and wasn't scared because Skarsgård was always joking around with him, uh, even when he was dressed as Pennywise. Okay. What is this performance? Yeah. Solid all round. That's uh, Jimmy's insight. Yeah, I'm going to say solid yeah, all right. round. Yeah, solid. Skarsgård didn't actually shoot any scenes for this, by the way, did you know that? Until halfway until the production. Oh, okay. Uh, oh, well, I think he's only got like four or five minutes of dialogue in it. Yeah. Well, yeah. <laughs> kind of ruined my point now. <laughs> oh, sorry. <laughs> <laughs> no, in the period before shooting his scenes, he was practicing with the director and producers perfecting his portrayal. Uh, he was reportedly nervous because he was following Tim Curry's brilliant performance back in 1990. But Scott put so much effort into getting, to, getting into character and getting the character right that he admitted to having nightmares during the shoot and for a while after shooting and finished. <sighs> Sucks to be you. Yeah, fair enough. Every so often I'm thinking about what it would portray itself to as me and I can't think of anything. So moving on. Moving on. What's next? Well, we'll be giving that a star. Oh, sorry, yeah. Yeah? Obviously. Yes. Okay, three stars out of Fump. Uh, next up is musical score <laughs> and <laughs> sound effects. No, you're right. I'm laughing because I've no idea what Fump means. Five. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Five inch. It's a German. Okay. I don't know why. 
So the score, apart from I'm not mentioning all the songs that are in it, but the score itself was composed by Benjamin Walfish, a brilliant and accomplished composer. My words. Benjamin, if you're listening. Uh, he has worked as an apprentice to Hans Zimmer. He worked with him on amazing scores for hit films such as Hidden Figures, 12 Years a Slave, and one of my favourites right now, Blade Runner 2049. No, is that good, is it? Yeah, the soundtrack's fantastic as well, especially following Blade Runner's amazing soundtrack. It was uh, something big to take on the nail. Anyway, he went on to do his own scores for horror films Lights Out in 2016, A Cure for Wellness. Have you seen Lights Out? Nope. That's good. You? Yeah. The Conjuring and something I really want to watch, Annabelle Creation. Yeah, that's good. Is that good? Yeah, that is good. It's, I've got, it's, one of, it's in my pile to watch. Yeah, I'm just going to watch uh, Annabelle Homecoming next, I think. So its director, Andy Muschietti, knew his film was in good hands on the musical front. Good hands. Good hands. The elocution tutor over there. <laughs> For the It score, Andy Muschietti suggested to Wolfish that they could use the children's nursery rhyme Oranges and Lemons when Pennywise was knocking about. Wolfish had this to say. Muschietti's approach, I think, was to try and find a sound for Pennywise. It is somehow the sound of him thinking, the sound of him contemplating the idea of attack or actually attacking. Ah. So there you go. It's uh, it's a great score, basically. <laughs> okay, what are you going to say? Star? Uh, I'm saying the oranges and lemons thing is creepy as <laughs> Classic piano works. Strings work. Oranges and lemons. I like it. Give it a star. Yes, four out of five. That's it. Okay, so for Fump. It's uh, the last one. Uh, Oh, you're figuring out the German. Yeah. It's the last one. It's overall experience. Okay, this is the part. Basically, with this film, is it a five out of five? Or is it a six out of five? I think it's a five out of I five. I think it's a five out of five. I'm glad you said that. I went into it the first time I watched it when it came out. Went into it thinking, "Oh, it's a remake of the 1990 version," and then realised actually, no, it's not. It's a different way of telling the story that is, it is Stephen different. King's novel, and they've taken out, they've taken little, different little bits from the other version, and I can just watch this over and over and over and over again it's really good and it, it it is good how how it the the original one was in 1950s the 1950s 1958 and this one is in like 1988 different but yeah still yeah it's fucking good it's I a different it. take different yeah different take yeah it's, it's not it's, a remake it's a different take if you're gonna a plus 80s is in right now yeah. If you're going to set anything any time in the past. Although saying past. that, have you watched the new American Horror Story? 1984. No, no it's shite. Is it not good? Not really. Um, yeah, if you're going to make it again, this was the way to do it. Don't don't copy another film. Take the book. Do things that they didn't do. Uh, yeah. And maybe leave out some of the things they did do to make it your own. Yeah, because the book is like... Like 1,100 Big. pages long. 
It's yeah, big. big. It's not big. big. Tom Hanks big. It's not Tom Hanks it's big. Not that. No. Yeah. <laughs> it's rather large. So, <laughs> rather large as the English remake of Big, by the way. <laughs> I wish to be rather large. <laughs> <laughs> so, that's uh, I got a bit a bit off topic there. Uh, so five out of five, yeah. It deserves yes. a five out of five. Five out of five. Boom. Banging. Awesome. Fump, Amazing. Fump, fump. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Oh. Right. We've got to do your film choice. Hold on. You haven't said uh, you haven't said what your fear would be if it was Pennywise. Okay. Well, I'm going to tell you what my fear is, Jimmy. And uh, what I'm not going to do is pause this while I figure out what it is and then come back in a second. Okay, so no pause taken. <laughs> this is what my fear is. Okay. Uh, I used to have night terrors, yeah? Yeah. And the way they would come about to start off with was I would wake up normally. Okay. Get up, go on about my day. Yeah. And suddenly be attacked by some invisible, horrible poltergeist thing that was trying to kill me with knives. Okay. And then I would wake up again and yeah. everything would seem perfectly real. Okay. Perfectly normal. Yeah. So I'd get up, go about my day. Then they like attack me with like throwing an iron at me or something. An or iron, or whatever's around. This is not. But clothes, clothes iron. Yeah, like banging you, in, bash your head in type thing. Right, okay. Whatever's around the house okay. when I went to bed, basically. Okay. So then I wake up thinking, well, this time it's definitely real, <laughs> and I get up and go about my day again until until stuff would happen again. Okay. And then I would have to wake up and notice what specifically in the room was different to the other times I've woken up that was definitely there. So I know that I'm awake. Basically, one time I was packing to move house. Okay. There was a box next to my bed. Yeah. The first few times I've woken up, that box wasn't there. I could get straight out of bed. So when I woke up and that box was there, I knew it was real. But the way night terrors are, you, you freeze in bed, you're awake, but you're stuck. Yes. You're paralyzed. Yeah. And you're half asleep. And that poltergeist thing is still there. So even though the box is still there, I know I'm really half awake this time. Yeah. I'm still being attacked by something, and I cannot move. Okay. That is the scariest thing that's ever happened to me. That's Fred. That's that's one for Freddy Krueger. Yeah. That's yeah. His, exactly. That's his realm. So you're 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 getting fucked by Freddy Krueger. Yeah. I'm afraid. Well, not anymore. It doesn't happen anymore. Oh. Okay. Don't know why they went away. But it was scary as shit when it happens. Yeah, it sounds it. So, I used to when I shared. Uh, me and Nat used to live together, not in that way, just as flatmates. And uh, <laughs> I used to have to try really hard just to move one hand to knock on the wall. Yes, she told she me would that. Come before. through. Yeah. To and if she came through as her, I knew it was real. Yeah. But if she came through with some freaky shit that. At one time, she threw a PlayStation control at me. <laughs> I don't know if that was real or whether that was... <laughs> it sounds like it could be real. Yeah, yeah, just wake him up, but don't go near him. Yeah. Anyway, what about you? Uh, I have a recurring dream that has been happening for probably about 10 years where my teeth are either falling out or have been pulled out. Oh, dear. So I think Penny Pennywise could sort of manifest some sort of horrible visual sort of thing where I have to lose all my teeth. I don't know why. I think it means something, but I'm not quite sure what. And it is horrible. And I wake up sweating. Yes. Like spitting teeth out. Like, Yeah. It's horrible. I haven't had losing teeth nightmares since I was a little little boy. Oh, shit. Is it a thing? After it happened. 
Yeah, you use your, you, oh. you lose your first teeth, don't oh, you? Oh, right, yeah. And then they tell you, if they fall out again, they're never coming back. Oh, yes, they do. So maybe it's something to do with losing your mouth. I don't know. <laughs> 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 All right, so if you want to taunt me and Jimmy for the rest of our lives, that's how you do it. Yes. Also, let us know what you think Pennywise would, how Pennywise would manifest himself to oh, capture yeah. your fears, to keep him going in the macroverse for the next 27 years. We'll do that as a Facebook post, but also email us at the Madhouse Podcast at Outlook.com if you don't fancy putting that on the Facebook post we put up. Right, so it, 2017, it got five out of five. It did. Lovely. And you need to tell me your choice for next week. Okay, so here we go. As Susan Hamilton sleeps, she dreams that she is another person in an alternative reality. As her greatest fears come to life, she is pursued by the notorious serial killer known as the Night Stalker. Okay. I recognise that description. I think I've seen this film. Okay. But I cannot for the life of me remember what it is. Not going to have a punt? Um, nope. Okay, no, so... No, it's not going to come to me. It's 2006 horror thriller Dark Corners. Okay, I have seen Dark Corners. Oh. What is... Okay, no, I can't remember it enough. I've seen Dark Corners. Okay. But I, it was a long time ago. I like a dark corner. Just well, to sit down and have a little rest. Disappear into... Yeah, put a blanket over my head. All right, so Dark Corners. Dark Corners. Doing that next episode. Yes. I said, by the way, at the end of uh, The Exorcist, next squeak. And I nearly keep saying it. And it's also wrong. Even if I say it right, it's next week. It's not next week. It's in the next two weeks. <laughs> so we'll see you in the next two squeaks. Yes. Dark Corners starring Thora Birch. So Thora Birch! This is her second outing. Is this because we talked about the Thora Birch episode and, and felt bad? Yes. About the film train. Yes. Picking yes. it as Thora. Yeah. Yeah. I, um, yeah. Let's do that then. That's good. Okay. It's going to be a good one. Yes. Uh, right, I think we're done. Let's have a can. I'm going to have a trouble trimming this down to just around about an hour, but there we go. I think you should join us in the next two squeaks. And I think you should share this with a friend, Jimmy, <laughs> who will tell another friend. Uh, the best thing you can actually do for us, if you like the podcast, is give us a review. Five-star review on iTunes. Sorry, Apple Podcast. iTunes is dead. Apparently, Apple Podcast, do that, and uh, that'd be nice. Leave a little review, lovely five stars, please. <laughs> yep, that's a request. Yes, uh, okay. it's a demand, actually. You heard the man, Jimmy, demands a five star review, so get online and get on with it. We we want you to follow us on Facebook and Instagram and also tell a friend, always tell a friend. We will see you on the next episode of the Madhouse Podcast where we are talking about Dark Corners. Yeah, boy! Your hair is like winter fire, January embers. My heart burns there too. It's lame. Classic Ben.